are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 47. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. It is always a pleasure to have you here for the next 30 or so minutes. I hope that this finds you well. Boy, goodness gracious, we're coming up on our 10th week of the quarantine. States are reopening. Colleges are deciding if they'll be letting students back on campus in the fall. Clearly, nobody, none of them are doing it in the summer. Um, gotten a lot of feedback that many of you are taking the summer semester summer semester off. Um, some of you might even be taking fall semester off if you are going to be forced to take online classes. And I know I'm just jumping straight into content here, but today we're going to be talking about a really great topic, uh, patience. And in order to get to it and not have this episode be an hour long, I want to dive right in. So before I get into patience, and there's going to be some really great things for you all to think about, and because you're listening to this now, you're already ready to take on a whole new sense, a whole new identity of patience. Uh, First, let's talk about something I learned in college about taking semesters off. Uh, Make sure that when you go and talk to your academic advisor about doing that, you find out what the policy is at your university about how many semesters you can take off in a row and not have to reapply. Now, this isn't something that I knew, and so it definitely bit me in the butt. Um, Luckily, I had a really great academic advisor who was able to get me reinstated back into the University of Florida. Thank you, Sandra, for that. But certainly, you need to think about this, y'all. So check this out. I took a spring semester off, and then I took the summer semester off. And because I took back-to-back semesters off two in a row, I had to reapply for the fall semester. My grades weren't great. I didn't have the best attendance. Um, Certainly, if they had gone and talked to any of my teachers, it wouldn't have been like, oh, my goodness, this guy's an asset to have here. We should totally keep him at UF. So with that being said, make sure that you talk to your academic advisor and find out if you take summer off and then you take the fall off, will you have to reapply? There might be special provisions being made by universities to ensure that if students decide to take off the summer and the fall because it's going to be online rather than in class, in person, in buildings, that they're going to uh, take away You know that provision because of the corona quarantine and everything that's come with COVID-19. There's a lot of special circumstances that are being Um, decided upon because of this. And certainly if there's ever an extreme circumstance to allow students to take multiple semesters off and then come back to campus when it's fully open, I would think this is one of them. But don't assume that. So make sure you understand the policy at your university because it is of the utmost importance that you do not find yourself in a situation where you're having to reapply um, and perhaps... of course, if you're a 4.3 student and you're, you know, the president of, you know, the university student council, then you're probably not so stressed about it. But if you're finding yourself as one of those fringe students uh, who perhaps hasn't, 
you know, accelerated as well as you would have liked and as well as the university would assume you would have, uh, you could find yourself in a very pickly environment uh, when all of these students are trying to come back from taking off the fall semester. And next thing you know, the university finds an influx of admission requests. And now all of a sudden, you're up uh, along with all of those other umpteenth thousandth people. So make sure you check on that. All right, everybody? I would really feel uh, you know bummed for you if you found yourself on the outside looking in just because you didn't know about that policy. Now, today we're going to talk about patience because I truly honestly believe that patience is one of the things that is very lacking within us as a society and certainly can be something that lacks within us um, in our younger years, right? I mean, because you're here listening to this show, it already means that you're ready to take on change. It means that you're willing to see things from a whole new perspective, right? Your questions when you listen to this show means that you already understand the things that I'm talking about and you're just able to dive in at a deeper level. Okay, you're changing even quicker now in your life than you ever have before, and you're acclimating to it beautifully. Each time a change moment comes up, you're making a decisive decision, you're taking action on it, and then you're following the discipline that we've been talking about for the last 46 episodes, and you're doing this in such a way that you're learning even more now than you ever thought you could have yesterday. Right? When you think about patience, You need to understand that there are so many reasons why it's important that it is going to be to your best benefit to just know that, to be aware. See, you must be aware. Let's let's, let's change it. It's not just knowing. It's being aware. You must be aware that patience isn't the act of waiting. It is your attitude and your behavior while you're waiting. If you're standing there at the grocery store line during this quarantine and you're having to stay six feet apart and you're tapping your foot and you're giving a nasty look to the cash register person, to the cashier or the bag boy, and basically saying, I'm waiting, but I'm not freaking happy about it, then that's not being patient. That's waiting. <laughs> that's being a disgruntled waiter at, at, at the least, right? It's your attitude and your behavior while you're waiting for things to occur. That's where the true beauty of patience comes into your life. Michelangelo once said, genius is eternal eternal patience. And talk about someone who must have had patience painting the Sistine Chapel when he's trying to make God and Jesus' fingers come closer together. He rushes through that. Next thing you know, it's not still one of the most beautiful art pieces of artwork that human civilization has ever been able to produce. All right? Allow your intuition to know that when you start to behave poorly while you're waiting, that you're not being patient, that you're actually being impatient. Just because you're waiting does not mean that you're patient. So why is patience important? One, guys, it's going to keep you sane. If there's ever something that we could all use a little bit more of, it's a little, it's sanity. (laughs) Patience keeps you sane. And it's something that you really need to be able to think about. See, An emergency in your life doesn't constitute an emergency in mine. A lack of planning in your life doesn't constitute an emergency in mine. These are two of my favorite sayings. Um, I picked them up working in hotels here in Los Angeles. And certainly, um, if I had known to have created this, um, I don't know if I created this 
this quote or if I heard it from somewhere else, but certainly I, I have, I was a waiter in college. I was a, I was a bartender throughout college. It's, it's a way I've been supplementing my income here in Los Angeles. And you get people who come up to the table and they're like, oh my God, you know, I'm late for my movie. Um, I need my food first. I need my food fast. Just take my order. And can you tell the kitchen to, to, to bump it to the front? I'm sorry that an emergency in your life does not constitute an emergency in mine. A lack of planning on your part because you didn't remember your passport when you got to the airport, because you left late for the airport, does not mean that it's an emergency on mine. And don't get pissed off at people and think, well, it's your job to help me because I'm standing in front of you and you are employed by this business and I need you to do that. Now, their job is to help all customers. Their, their, their job is to make sure everybody is happy, not just you. And when you walk up to a counter, you walk up to a person and basically say, I don't care who else is around me. I'm the most important person. Do what I do my bidding and do it now. You are not putting yourself in a position where most of those people are going to want to help you. It might be their job to work at that establishment, but it is not just their job to make sure that you walk away happy. Everybody else that was already there before you also wants to be happy. And it's also that employee's job to assist them in that happiness, right? We're not in control of other people's emotions. So even if I rush this order through and get it to you, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy with me, right? And then you know how many times I've had people say, I'm in a hurry. I need this out as fast as possible. And I've been able to get it out you know, as fast as physics allows food to be cooked. And then they'll wolf it down. And then they'll sit there for 45 minutes and play on their computer and check emails and be on their phone. And I'm like, you weren't really in a hurry. You just wanted your food fast. So keep in mind why patience is important. It's going to keep you sane. Right, you know, if you don't always have to feel in a rush, it'll allow you to be better in control of the emotions that come from a non-instant gratification situation. Right, be better in control of your emotions in a non-instant gratification situation. It's a lot of shuns in there, emotions, gratification, situation. What's key to remember is that we're our phones and the internet, and we, we're, we're being primed to think that everything needs to happen now, 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 now. Heaven forbid Netflix buffers for four seconds while it's loading a video. I might lose my shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> apology for the profanity. I guess I get one, one an episode. So just it allows you to be better in control of your emotions because not everything in life, 99% of life is not instant gratification. You're going to have to have patience. It gives you the power over your response to a situation all right, that is probably out of your control anyways. It gives you power over your response. So your response is everything. Life is coming at you a million miles a second. It's everything. You've got all of these inputs coming in at you. You're trying to drive to work and you got people cutting you off and you have lights turning red, whatever you wanted to speed through the yellow. It's gonna, when you have patience, it gives you power over your response. When you're traveling at your job, when you're, look, when you're waiting on the mailman, email, service-oriented things, it gives you power over your response. That is really the only power we have when it comes to life in general is how we respond to things. Whether it's good, bad, right, wrong, right? It doesn't matter. It's, it's the response that comes out of us. That's where we find our true power. All right? Patience is also important because it doesn't ruin a good time. 
Poor service at a restaurant and talking about it the whole time isn't allowing you to enjoy the company of the people you're eating with. Being at an amusement park and complaining the entire time about long lines, it just ruins that hour where you could have been you know, on your phone playing words with friends or Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it might be. You're ruining a, a chance at a good time. You're just complaining the whole time. Then other people either get bogged down by your complaining or join in. And either way, then when you finally get to the front of the of the ride line and you get to get on the roller coaster, it's like, yeah, you're here, but you've been in a pissy mood the entire time waiting. Right? Yeah, you get to ride the roller coaster. Then you get off and like, ah, oh, great. That was an hour and a half of wait for three minutes of fun. I mean, you just got to ride a freaking awesome roller coaster. And somehow that's still pissing you off because you had to wait, you know, 333% longer than the ride lasted. So that's why patience is important. It keeps you sane. It allows you to be better control of your emotions. It gives you power over your response. It helps you not run a good time. What is patience? Patience isn't the act of waiting, but it's your attitude and your response to the waiting. We've discussed this. I just talked about that. Right? Impatience is sitting there tapping your foot and giving nasty looks you know, to, to the movie theater ticket people while you're waiting in line. Sitting there and, and enjoying the moment and knowing you're getting ready to see an awesome movie, that is true patience. It's, it's the act of understanding that most of life isn't an instant gratification situation. It just isn't. And as soon as you can settle into that and, and realize that at the, the most important part of you needs to realize that things just don't come whenever you demand they come, okay, then you could feel even more peaceful because you're, you've, you've been aware that things are going to take time to play out. Because you know that things will take a bit of time, then you can be peaceful as they're taking time. You already know this. You've done this in the past. There has been times when you've shown an incredible amount of patience. And because you're now hearing me say those words, you're already remembering times where you showed a great deal of patience and it really didn't bother you. Conversely, you can also think of times where you did not show patience and it really bothered you. And certainly you can go back and see how that would have ruined a good time. Now you can see things in a whole new light because we've brought this to your attention. Because you yourself are now thinking, hmm, maybe I should have been more patient in that moment. You will be more patient the next time a moment like that arrives. Patience and a good attitude will help you keep a positive spin on a bleak, boring, repetitious situation. Again, waiting at an amusement park, at work, um, in traffic, in a, in a line for anything, right? Patience will bring about a good attitude, and that will allow you to positive spin any kind of repetitious, boring situation. Putting a positive spin on a situation that isn't to your liking, isn't lying to yourself. It's just having a perspective shift. And you know this because you've been listening to the show for 46 episodes. You know I discuss perspective shifts all the time. Seeing things from a new angle isn't lying to yourself. right? If you're standing um, at a concert and where your seat happens to be, there's a gigantic pole in your way, moving to a different empty seat and being able to see the concert better it doesn't mean that the pole disappeared. It just means that you changed your perspective of the concert, and now you're seeing it in a whole clear, whole new, clearer light. The pole still exists. You're not lying to yourself about the pole being there. You have now just shifted your perspective so that you can see it from a whole new way. 
So let's discuss how to be patient because I really believe that you have patience in you. And with mindfulness and awareness, it will begin to really uh, bring about connections in your mind that allows you to realize that every move you make is toward patience is allowing you to become even more patient. You already know this because you've done this. Understanding how to be patient is one of the key things that I have noticed in my sobriety and recovery that has allowed me to settle in when things aren't necessarily going the way that I would desire them to go. Yes, I often would love to already be traveling the country with my book, standing in front of college uh, campuses in gigantic auditoriums with tons of avidly inspired students ready to take on my teachings and to run out the door knowing they can accomplish everything they want in life, right? Because of corona and the quarantine and, you know, so many other factors, that is not what's going on right now. At the same time, I'm patient knowing that as soon as things get back to quote-unquote normal, I will be ready to go there and I will be ready to inspire you. Old thoughts may go, but it doesn't mean that you've forgotten them. It just means that you've changed your perspective about them. So when you decide, Jesse, how can I be more patient? Number one, take a breath, man. All of y'all, just take a breath. Right when you start to feel emotionally triggered about something, the general reaction you want to have, and again, uh, reactions are emotionally triggered, whereas responses are like centered and grounded responses. Right? You, when you don't act upon your emotional triggers, you're allowed to slow down, take a breath, and respond. Reacting is emotional, and it often will cause you to behave in a way that you do not prefer, whereas a response allows you to take a moment, get grounded, get centered, and actually think about how it is you're going to behave in this situation. So take a breath. Figure out the triggers that cause the impatience. Figure out the triggers that cause these emotional outbursts when things don't go the way that you want them to. Figuring out your triggers so that when they come to you the next time, you're able to say, well, 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 that's a trigger. And this is why I feel so emotional. This is why I'm trying to react in a way that is unbecoming of me. Let me slow down. Okay, that's the trigger. I thought I was next in line. It turns out there was somebody else. I feel like I'm being overlooked. I feel like they're treating me like a second-class citizen. Whatever the negative BS limiting belief you have about yourself, just figure out what it is you think that the trigger is so that you can be better prepared to handle it when it comes around. Most of the time, our triggers are based on things that happened to us when we were children, right? They were based, perhaps they were based on a a fact then, at least we think they were, or maybe it was just the way we saw the situation because we weren't mature enough to see it in any other way. There are a million viewpoints to every single situation. You're in that same concert hall where your ticket had you in front of a pole so you could barely see the band. You move five feet over and now you have a very clear view. Every single time you you move one inch to the right or the left, all of a sudden there's a different view. In that one you know, arena, there are damn near infinite amounts of views. Just shifting yourself one second and figuring out what was the trigger that brought that about, I'm telling you, you already know it. You already feel it. You've heard me talk about it before. Figuring out your triggers and what causes you to react emotionally will be one of the most beneficial things that you have ever done for yourself. And you've already started. 
because you've heard me talk about it so many times before that it's already implanted in your mind. And the moment you start to feel emotionally triggered with a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, loved one, family member, whatever it might be, you're already starting to, and in fact, accomplishing the act of slowing yourself down, taking a breath, figuring out their their trigger, and then do not react. Take as long as necessary to keep yourself from emotionally reacting. The longer you can take to react, the closer to an emotionally centered response you will be able to muster up. Guaranteed, every time, I can assure you. See, that's the way to become emotionally mature. That's the way to take responsibility for your actions, is to slow down before you make an action and really be sure you're happy with your behavior and your attitude in that moment. Another way to be patient, start small, right? Figure out a way to be more patient when your roommate or partner or somebody in your house leaves the fork in the sink. Figure out a way to be more patient when the garbage is full and somebody else should have taken it out. Figure out a way to be more patient whenever somebody cuts you off or you miss that red, you miss that yellow light and now you have, you're stuck waiting at another red light. Start small. Whatever that might look like to you, you already know it. Find it today and start there. Count to 10, take a million breaths, whatever it is, get yourself emotionally centered and do not react. Allow yourself to respond. Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen if this thing doesn't happen right now or in whatever time frame you're freaking out about? College admissions. Oh my God, I need to know now. I need to know now. I need to know now. Well, you can't know now. You just mailed in all of your stuff. They said it would be a month. It's only been 11 days. Sitting here and freaking yourself out about it for the next 19 days is doing you no good. It's out of your hands. You have done the best you can possibly do. You have sent out all of your admissions applications. Things will happen the way they happen. You have accomplished everything you could in your high school years. You've taken all the AP classes. You've done all the community service. You've written a great thesis. It is what it is. You're moving forward. Whatever the time frame might be, that right there that I just threw out, that's that. It's a month or whatever it might be. Other times it might be you're waiting at the grocery store and you thought you were next and all of a sudden you're not, right? What is the worst thing that can happen if this thing doesn't happen right now? You have to wait another five minutes to get to check out at the grocery store line. You have to wait another 19 days like everybody else did to get their college admissions back. The worst thing that happens is honestly that you just don't know if you're into the, your favorite college. The worst thing at the grocery store is you're just not checking out right now. doesn't mean that you won't be able to check out five minutes from now doesn't mean that you won't know in 19 days if you're going to get into your favorite college or you have to go to your backup school. You're going to find out. It just doesn't get to be right now. Ask yourself, are you making a scene because this is actually upsetting to you or just because you want the attention? I think about this whenever I see people walking across a, um, a crosswalk extremely slowly. I think that what they're doing when they, when they, act like that, when they know that there's cars who need to turn, when they know that there's traffic they're holding up, is they lack power in their normal life. And that is an opportunity for them to seize power from someone who cannot do anything about it. You can sit there and honk at them. You can flip them off. Maybe they'll come up to your car and punch your window. You don't know. So you just have to let them sit there and walk all cool, calm, casual, maybe on purposely taking tiny little steps, maybe looking at their phone, stopping in the middle of the road, Right, I see that person as needing power in their life and it actually causes me to have sympathy and empathy for them because they lack so little power in their life that they have to display it in a crosswalk. 
So when you're making a scene because you're not getting your way, are you looking for attention because you lack power in your life? Is that why it's upsetting you? Know this about yourself and you will know so many different ways immediately on how to behave differently, on how to make yourself feel better outside of that situation and restore power in your life. If you're looking for these little ways to, let me talk to your manager, things aren't happening the way I want them to. If you're doing and behaving that way, you're probably not feeling like you have a lot of power in other areas of your life. Start paying attention to those areas of your life and watch yourself become more patient just as a side benefit. Stop doing things that aren't important, right? If you sit there and you find that you're just piddle paddling around crap all day long, and then when that big thing that you wanted to do shows up that you've, you know, you've been waiting for all day and now all of a sudden you don't have time for it because you're trying to crunch it inside of a little time frame, you know, what were all the things you did throughout the day that weren't as important as this one thing that you've been waiting for all day? All right, we often, when we're thinking about patience, you know, we sit here and we might wait for a meeting or we might wait for a sporting event. We might wait for something to start and it doesn't start till four o'clock. And so we've been piddle paddling around with all this other BS throughout the day. When this event shows up, now our mind's thinking about all the other things that we should have been doing before we got to where we're at. And isn't that a, isn't that a bummer? You've been waiting for something all day long. And when you finally get to it, now your mind is thinking about other things that you should have gotten done before that event or the things that you want to be doing after the event. It's like we're never happy with where we're at. Oh, I'm at work. I want to be home. I'm at home. I want to be with my friends. I'm with my friends. I want to be back home. Oh, I've been tired of being home. I wish I could go to work. Never matter what, we're never happy with where we're at. Stop doing things throughout your day that are less important so that whenever the things that are really important to you show up, you're in a good headspace for them. If you knew that you needed to get four chapters of um, philosophy studied today before you went to watch your college basketball team play, and then you messed around with all this other BS throughout the day so that when the game showed up, you didn't have your philosophy homework done, and now your mind's on that instead of enjoying the game, or heaven forbid, you now have to skip the game to study philosophy, but did you really need to clean out underneath the sink because you were buffering away from the thing that you really should have been doing, studying philosophy, because you didn't really want to? Stop doing things that are less important. Make the time to do the things that are important so that whenever you start to move throughout your day and you get to that big reward, going out with your friends, going to the sporting event, going to that really cool club meeting that you love to go to, that your mind's not on things that you should have gotten done earlier in the day, but that you didn't. Make yourself wait. I See, I, I love doing this to myself. I love waiting. To me, the act of waiting is really where, like, it's, that to me, that is just, where the, the pure joy of something actually is. It's like when I was a kid opening Christmas presents. Like the, the waiting for Christmas morning. There's a word that I'm trying to come up with now on the fly that should be there. Anticipation. It was the anticipation of opening the presents that was really, truly breathtaking. I mean, the anticipation of each day. I can't wait to open these up and see what they are. I wasn't one of those kids that went searching for my gifts. I didn't open them up and then try to retape them. I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to wait. I would open my Christmas present so slowly that everybody else in the family would be done and I would still have many more to open because it was the anticipation. The anticipation of all of that time looking at that box and wondering what's in it. That could last 24 days. The act of opening that present 
takes less than a few minutes. Now I have it. Now I do get to enjoy it, and that's awesome. But to me, the crescendo of 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 desiring to know what that was, that apex moment, that's where the beauty lies. Waiting in that line for the roller coaster for an hour just allowed me to anticipate and know that it was going to be even that much better when I got to the that very first hill. Click, 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 right before it dropped you in. I love anticipation. So make yourself wait. Do this when I do this when it comes to food, right? Like I don't allow myself to eat, you know, delicious sugary snacks all the time because if I do, I'm just going to get used to them. I don't want to get used to chocolate pie. I don't want to get used to carrot cake. I don't want to get used to Oreos or ice cream. Whenever I eat them, I want to I want to enjoy the deliciousness that that is in that product the scientifically tested food to make sure that I am obsessed and and want to get addicted to it. To me, the fun is sitting there and looking at the pie before I start to eat it. Because once I start to eat it, regardless of how slow I try to go, the the longest it's going to last is about five to ten minutes. But it was thinking about eating that piece of cake all day. That, that to me, is just amazing. Try this on. Go do this with something. Make yourself wait. I Just sit there and stare at that piece of cake, that donut, whatever that little sugary treat might be. Watch yourself salivate and just enjoy that anticipation. The brain and the mouth and the eyes and the nose and, and everything just combining to make that moment so awesome. And of course, remember what's important. Remember that things that are amazing will take time. And at at the very least, when something doesn't go your way and you find yourself almost feeling impatient or having some road rage or something, I laugh. When someone cuts me off and I just want to freak out, I just laugh. Even if I have to start by faking it, after about three or four seconds, a good, really hearty, a fake laugh will just sort of morph into a real laugh. Back in my college years, I did some stupid stuff in my 300ZX. I caused a pretty bad accident, and I told myself right then and there I would never participate in road rage again. And anytime somebody does something ridiculous, I just laugh about it. Because I, what else am I going to do? Speed up, cut them off, and cause them to get into a car accident? I did that once, and I saw how that turned out. I don't want to have to relive that, that moment in my life. I don't want to cause pain to somebody else because I don't know what's going on in their life that caused them to cut me off. I don't know if what they're going through is worse, better off. It doesn't matter what they're going through and, and where it ranks in far as importance to me. It's clearly important to them that they just risk their life to cut me off to speed through a yellow light where they almost T-bone somebody. Let them get the hell away from me. I don't want anything to do with what's going on in their life right now. So at the very least, you can always just laugh. Even if, you, even if it's a fake laugh, I'm telling you what, it'll help move you through what's going on. So take a breath or make it laugh either way. So in closing on this, what if there's a deadline, all right, where you're... Let's say there's a deadline. You're working on a group with a bunch of students, right? And somebody's not fulfilling their end. Were you clear about the consequences of this person not fulfilling the action that they were assigned to? Right? Where could you take the responsibility or take on some of the responsibility for that person not having turned their part of the project in on time? Were you clear about the consequences? Yes, I get. We're all adults here. Everyone should take on their own um, th- their own. Uh, stuff. Everyone should take on their responsibilities and they should complete them on time and get it in. Of course, we've discussed this. This is all about discipline. 
right? This is about taking action. This is part of my seven powerful principles that you'll be reading in the book when it comes out later this summer. You want people to be disciplined, but also were you clear about the consequences? When you make things in the form of, look, if you don't get your part of the project on time, the consequence is I can then not start my part of the project. And then I can't hand it off to student C, who can't hand it off to student D. And then we don't turn it in on time. And this affects all of our grades. And we're all trying to get a good grade in this class because it's very important to our major, blah, blah, blah. If you if you lay down a consequence rather than saying, you need to get this to me on time because I need to get my part done or we're going to get an F. Yeah, that may not be what fuels somebody. But saying this is a consequence, it gives them, it, it allows them to see possibility. The consequence of not doing this will cause it to affect negatively upon all of us. Whereas the other person, they may generally just not care if they get a bad grade. But if you can allow them to see the consequences of their actions and how it would negatively affect you, I can assure you, you're going to get more empathy from that person. And they're going to put more effort into getting their, their part of the project to you on time. You have to communicate clearly. If you're not communicating clearly, then you're going to have to take on some of the responsibility. And this, is, and this works everywhere in life. If you are not communicating clearly, then you have to take 100% responsibility for your part in what's played out. You have to take 100% responsibility regardless at all times for your part in every interaction that you have. So be communicating clearly. All right? What if you're being late to an, uh, to an appointment? I've talked about being late to appointments before, so I'll, I'll be very quick and clear and concise about this. We have Google Maps. We have Waze. We have Apple Maps. You know the address of the location you're going. You can put that into any one of these map apps three hours before you're supposed to be there, and it'll tell you exactly how long it's going to take you from the moment you put your car in drive to the moment you put your car in park. Are you giving yourself opportunities um, to have the traffic pattern change? So have you you've given yourself enough buffer? Have you realized that you still need to park and walk to whatever, wherever the destination is? Have you provided yourself a buffer time there? If it's going to take you an hour from door to door to get somewhere, remember that you're not just driving your car right up to the door. You've got to find yourself a parking garage. You've got to pay for parking or whatever that looks like, and you've got to walk yourself there. Are you providing yourself a buffer? Being late for things in 2020 is not an excuse. Oh, traffic was so bad. You've got traffic apps. I, anytime somebody says that to me, I, I, to, to me, that just tells me that they blatantly don't care about my time. They blatantly do not know how to plan ahead. I have, I have literally not hired people for my business because they have used that excuse. Because to me, it shows a lack of awareness that there are tools in place that can make sure that we get to places on time. Now, if on the way out the door, your cat sprints out and runs up a tree, okay, now you can call them and say, dude, my cat just ran up a tree. This sucks. I'm going to be late. Clear communication. Okay. What if you're not getting something in the time frame that you had hoped? The reasons for patients being overcome by emotional reactions rather than responses. Okay. Not getting something in the time frame that you had hoped, it's going to happen. All the work that you have done to this point on your positive mindset through this show and through the other resources that you have accumulated have already led you to realize that there are going to be times where you will have to monitor your emotional reaction rather than your, your grounded, centered response. Be aware of that. Reasons for patients being overcome by emotional reactions rather than being a, a centered, grounded response can be lack of clear communication, lack of communication in general, 
lack of understanding of the consequences for not doing something on time correctly at the time allotted, yada, 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 and a lack of follow-through on your part. You're sitting there afraid of telling somebody, look, you have to get this to me by this time on this date in order for the project to move forward. And if you're not clear about that, right? Some people are like, oh, well, they're an adult. They should know what to do. They should be able to take responsibility for their own actions. One day you're going to be in a work environment where you're going to be in charge. And regardless if they're an adult and they should know how to take responsibility for their workload or, or not, you're the boss. I can assure you when your, when your boss's boss's boss finds out that something wasn't done, because remember, in the chain of command of things, you know, your project might just be a small part in a much bigger picture. So when the CEO comes down on, on the person right below him, which then comes down on the person right below them, which then means they come down on you saying, well, Bob didn't turn in his spreadsheets on time. Let's go yell at Bob. Uh-uh. You're the boss. It was your responsibility to make sure that Bob got his work done on time. That's why you're in charge. So just blatantly throwing it off as, well, he's an adult. He should know how to get his work done on time. That might crap might work in college, but it is not going to work in the real world. Bob might find himself with his walking papers, and so might you. And you can sit there and say, well, by Bob's fault, I got fired. He didn't get a spreadsheet to me on time. What was your responsibility in that chain of command that could have allowed that project to have gotten done at the appropriate amount of time? So I believe we have talked thoroughly about patience. And we, you fully understand it now that we have discussed about it. Because you can now see it in a whole new light, you can now literally change your thought process about patience right now. You've heard my words of quote-unquote wisdom. And now you're also hearing your own words of wisdom in your head about how you can start to take on more of a thoughtful response in your life when things don't necessarily play out in the time frame that you had expected or hoped. You have to trust your unconscious mind that if you take on the identity of somebody who is patient, that it will just naturally begin to have you act as a patient person. That's the way that you want to live. Now you've got it. Now you can easily see where you've been patient in your life and where you've been impatient and immediately not even have to think about the next time you're in a similar situation where you showed impatience, you will now show patience because you see it the way we have just discussed it. We may not know when a moment of impatience will strike, but we know it will. And now we know that we are prepared to handle it better than we ever had before. See, when you listen to this show, when you're a part of this group and you're a part of this community, you're naturally already wanting to change. You're naturally already wanting to grow. And because you've made it to the end of this episode, I believe we thoroughly have covered the the art of patience. And as you let these words bounce around in your head, be looking for ways that you can start to show patience at a whole new level. Be somebody who talks about patience in a whole new way and watch your actions start to rub off on those closest to you. The power to be patient has always been in you. It's your attitude and behavior while you're doing that that is of the utmost importance. And because we have now discussed that, you see that and you will now do that. 
As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Thank you so much for your time. As always, I am honored. Best of luck to all of you in your decision-making process on summer or fall or whatever it might look like for you. Just realize that this is the most insane circumstance our society has ever gone through. And we will make it out on the other end. Things will develop the way they developed. Be patient while you wait for your leaders, your people at the school, your parents, your bosses, you're the boss. Promote patience among your employees, whatever it looks like. Be patient with people and realize that, yes, while politics does get involved, and at times it can seem like people are trying to pick a side, pick a Republican or Democrat you know, kind of stance on all of this, what's important to all of us is important to everyone. Yes, we want the economy to get back in, in shape and get back rolling. We also want people not to die. There are so many different things playing out in front of you. Start seeing how other people's impatience is causing this whole this whole quarantine, this whole everything around it to be negatively impacted. And then ask yourself, how can you become a positive influence, at least, if nothing else, in the space that you occupy? When people come around you, let them see that you are a grounded, centered force for patience. And they will take it on as well. The change you want to see in the world starts with yourself. Have a great day. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye. 